0: So, uh, I'll just read this chapter. I think we can maybe take the whole chapter. Okay. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive its approval, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid, for the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore one must be subject not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For the same reason you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, busy with this very thing. Pay to all what is due to them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. For the night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as the day, as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Hmm. I find this one of the most difficult chapters in Romans.
1: Hmm.
0: And what I struggle with is there is no authority except from God and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God in chapter 13, verse 1. Right. Hitler is from God. It was instituted by God.
1: Let every soul be subject under the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God.
0: So how do you how do you dis, how do you um, keep this apply this in a situation like Nazi Germany?
1: There are all, all kinds of examples, right?
0: Yeah. And what makes it even harder is the fact that the Roman Empire, the authority figures in the Roman Empire were just as bad as Hitler.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or Stalin, or all kinds of people. Whoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation.
0: Human uh, mind says, Well, we re- will incur judgment. you right. So, what do we do with that?
1: And at the top of the chapter, it says, Of subjugation to magistrations, to magistrates, love cometh the whole love, love containeth the whole law. So, the first part is sub- subject to authorities. Well, the only thing that I can my <laughs> find would be that we shouldn't... I was going to say, uh, in a general sense, we shouldn't be resisting the government. We should pay taxes to them as they want us to pay taxes and uh, not break the And, and, and if, laws, if
0: that's yeah. all it means, if that's all it means, uh, then if simply following Jesus render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and God the things that are God's.
1: But this Uh, says that God (laughs) has ordained all that.
0: And it it says that you should not resist. So what do you do about the resistance movement during the Holocaust?
1: Or the other side, people that didn't resist, they just went along for the... They didn't fight at all. I've always... I cannot believe why they did there was enough of them they could have done something, but they didn't resist at all.
0: It was like they were paralyzed. well, yeah. I think it has to do with something that I've watched in you know i I tend to be an observer of people, yeah, and one of the things I've noticed that in a classroom, you get any kind of really assertive even aggressive voices among the students everybody else shuts up.
1: Yeah, they shut up. And they pull back. Yeah.
0: And they pull back. And it's it's just this this inertia that develops. Many of us do not flee or fight. We freeze. Yeah, you
1: yeah, freeze, right? Right. Have you come to some sort of thinking about this chapter?
0: I have. It's not complete. Yeah. I still don't know what to do about not resist because it seems to me that when they they conflict with my conscience, then I have to act, so I have to resist if if you are crossing the boundary of my conscience and saying you know and, and interfering with my relationship with god and, and what I believe he wants me to do
1: well it's it's a, a a really simplistic minor you know has no real impact kind of example, but I belong to the Presidio Yacht Club because I like to sail. Oh, I'm a sailor for quite a while. But um, I'm on the council of the yacht club. Well, the meeting was changed from a weeknight, and they decided, we just voted in January, someone didn't want a weeknight, they wanted a Sunday before the races. So we we're supposed to meet this Sunday at four. Well, some people didn't like that because they had they are going to movies or play or something in San Francisco anyway so then the head council guy who's the uh, he resigned because he got a lot of work pressures so now they decided they're gonna meet today at noon before the, the crab dinner that they have tonight well I just let them know I won't be there now there's a Jewish gal I think she's a veterinarian she's also on the council she won't be there so we've decided to go against an elected body You know, they were elected to this position to go against that because it's going to be on Sabbath instead of the weeknight or the Sunday. So I can see people doing that. And then, you know, in California we pay our taxes and federal taxes and on and on. Um, But they haven't come to a point where they won't let me buy or sell unless I follow certain rules or something. Right. So then we're getting tighter into conscious of what yeah. you're going to do.
0: Yeah. I I see this as...
1: But it's pretty over-worded, isn't it? It is,
0: it is. It really... It always gets me when I read it. i like, so how do you deal with, deal with this? Did
1: you look at the chat early Hebrew and the Greek and stuff?
0: The, no, and I was thinking I should have... Um, the word resist... It's probably the same word as resist not him who is evil, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, Because I know that the resist not him who is evil, which is Jesus' words in the Mount of Blessing, and the resist the devil and he will flee from you, which is James, that's the same word. It's the same word for resist in both places.
1: not to resist? Jesus
0: said not to resist those who are evil. But you're to resist the devil who is thoroughly evil. I mean, the very word for devil in Greek is diabolos, which means thoroughly evil. evil. So what I think is one thing, Ellen White says that circumstances alter cases.
1: So well, that's how she dealt with it. Just I, think, I think that's
0: what she, you know, because this is an overarching Concept. statement. Okay. It doesn't assume you're going to have a conflict of conscience. Oh, it doesn't okay. assume that there could be times when you do have to resist rulers hmm. and magistrates and, and what have you. Um, it assumes that you're in a normal situation and we don't want to go and up and in saunter in before Caesar and tell him off and, and say, I resist you or something. Or you're not supposed to do something that will get you in trouble unnecessarily.
1: Yeah. And then Christ was saying, you know, pay Caesar and when they tried to trap him, you know.
0: Right. Okay. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's yeah. and to God the things that are God's. Yeah. I, that, so that's, that's how I would qualify this, and is were, that it isn't of... addressing some of those areas... Uh, and he especially especially goes to paying taxes. You see, we could say it's against my conscience to pay tax because
1: this what is so with the money. this is
0: so corrupt because of what they'll do with the money. A lot of Adventists <laughs> think of that way about tithe. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't pay tithe because of what they do with it. I've never felt that way. But I have felt that at times my offering should go to something that I feel c- that, that I can support with what I perceive.
1: Yeah, the offerings I do that, I learned at the welfare department, people were given money. They were eligible to rule a certain amount of money. And I used to be upset in the beginning. Well, I know they're blowing the money on the alcohol or different things, instead of eating or feeding the kids or something. And what I learned from a really nice supervisor uh, he was really sharp and just very spiritual uh as I look back on him he was a homosexual and just very solid, you know, and the homosexuality didn't come into play, you know all these mm-hmm. sort of things in those days people were upset but he's he helped me understand that once they have the money it's up to them what they do to it that we've discharged the money they 're eligible in a sense from the government viewpoint. We've discharged money. Now it's up to them. Now we can try to encourage them and educate them and help them and stuff. And then I'd go to this one house particularly, and the public health nurses were out more in the communities. And this woman was pregnant again, had all these kids. So i well, I know so-and-so, the nurse had been here. You know, aren't you using the contraceptives? Oh, yeah, I take the contraceptives. What she meant was she opened up her closet and on the shelf with tubes of this stuff. You know. She
0: takes it. And puts it on the shelf.
1: So you learn these lessons. So I learned that lesson. So the tithe thing does bother me, but I, you know, try to do those tithes. But the offerings, I I do foothill school or something. (laughs) So you think that, um, would he be writing this at a time when, would, well, New Testament, would the, locals have New Testament, or would they really have that? I don't think the New Testament would be available to many people.
0: They might know the words of Jesus orally. And and it's possible, I I don't think necessarily the Gospels had all been written down. Mark might have been written. But I doubt so, if Matthew had been.
1: So he wouldn't have wrote this specifically for the locals to... How they're going to relate to the wrong, On
0: the other hand, it is possible brothers. that Matthew was written. Mm-hmm. But he I see him as addressing mm-hmm. an ordinary, non-conscience situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: where people are tempted to resist the authority by not paying taxes. Mm-hmm. We don't pay taxes because we're Christians.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're supporting whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I can... It's pretty strongly worded.
0: Mm. The other thing I get out of this that I find very helpful, it it's always bothered me, but I actually find it helpful now. For if you do what is wrong, this is verse 4, you should be afraid, for the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. Mm. What Paul is saying here is that God has allowed the powers to be, to execute wrath. So when he gives people up, you know, Mm -hmm. they go to the powers and they get that, that execution of wrath. It is clear from what Paul says here that this is not the church's prerogative. Oh, The church does not bear the sword.
1: No, not that. I like that.
0: He's not saying that, but by default. By default. If the the authorities are God's servant for executing His wrath, then the church is not.
1: Hmm.
0: And what he's doing is setting boundaries and, and ordering the elements so that it's very clear caesar's place
1: so if in the bible if people are kind of off track there's different systems set up to try to help that person and you know all these prayers working with them and if they continue down an evil you know negative path then we're not supposed to then go after them and punish them and, Take him out of the church, and,
0: and maybe that's the reason he, when he gets through saying all this, he says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. Yeah, for one who loves another has filled the fulfilled the law. The commandments you shall not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. We're to love, respect the authorities,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but leave it to them to do the punishing.
1: And so, following in uh, Jennings, and I, I think more and more, that what God is allowing, the, if a person closes himself off, he can't intervene because they have choice. That if they keep going the evil way, they reap whatever that evil way may be. Could possibly be some sort of man made legal justice. Right.
0: Right.
1: And that our focus should not be on that. Our focus is to keep in our path.
0: And our path is love.
1: And our path is love, right.
0: What do you have for verse 10?
1: It says love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Mm -hmm. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law.
0: I think the RSV has love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore love is fulfilling of the law. Mine has does love does no wrong. And it's all the same thing, really. I I kinda like the word harm.
1: Um, and I I try to keep in mind that if God is truly love and truth then anything that's negative it's not God killing people or God this Um, I don't know how to put up my mind like when I can see how the Israelites did certain things that caused they had to go into battles and fight and stuff but sometimes the Lord would send angels or something to kill everybody
0: so. And and actually, the angels didn't kill. A lot of times, it was probably bubonic plague.
1: Oh, so it wasn't
0: that. One hundred eighty-five thousand Assyrians. It says the, an angel of the Lord slew them. I think he slew them by removing all Protection. the angels who were protecting them, saying, "You leave, step back, and what and you let those mice or rats go." kill that would kill them
1: well, and then what Janice is saying in this week 's lesson is it 's not that the angels are letting go pushing from God forward all the evil things it 's the angels are withdrawing their protection
0: that 's what i that 's always how i 've understood revelation yeah. seven all right. All right. they, they uh, when God tells them to hold the four winds. Keep your protection. Keep your protection, and when he when he allows them to release those four winds, it's withdraw your protection.
1: Well, see, I've always believed that, and I don't know how I picked that up as a kid, but that's the way I read it. Huh. But the church, I think, took a different oh, viewpoint, yeah.
0: very literalistic view. Hmm. But I would I would counter that God made His primary will very clear in Exodus twenty three. That he did not want them to fight their way into Canaan. Right, right. He had planned to send the forces of nature to drive them out and displace them. Hmm. But they insisted on fighting. Hmm.
1: So what you're saying, you you like God's plan rather than human-made laws? <laughs> Which are so capricious. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I spend I spend a time in my ethics class, my introduction to Christian ethics class, dealing with the difference between legal and moral. Hmm. And I, I hand them a bunch of cases. Okay, which of these are legal and which of these are moral? So one of them, and my students have a hard time not thinking they're all both legal and moral. But one of them is a family sitting watching, t- watching a movie, and they hear fire trucks coming to their block, and they look out the window, and the neighbor's house is on fire. And they're like, oh, no, the neighbor's house is burning. What should we do? And the teenage son says, I don't want to go help them. I want to finish this movie. And uh, they decide after some discussion that they should finish the movie and let the firemen take care of the house. <laughs> <laughs> is that legal or is that moral? Yeah, and and uh, I've had students say, honestly, well, there's nothing they can do anyway. I mean, they'd get in the way, and and on and on. And I I say, well, what if somebody needs a bathroom? Aren't you going to let them in your house to have a bathroom? Right, right. What, aren't you going to go out there and sympathize with them or and blanket to keep and, them warm? and give blankets yeah. <laughs> to keep them warm? Or, aren't you going to do something?
1: <laughs> go watch a movie. No, yeah, we've got we've got firemen. Let them. and and
0: you see I think this is what Paul is actually contrasting here he's contrasting the authorities with love
1: Mm.
0: we're not to do what the authorities do we're to love we're to respect the authorities because love will respect people Mm. in authority but the real thing that we're about is not blistering people
1: Mm.
0: not punishing people Mm but we're about loving
1: them. Right. Oh, I like
0: that. Huh. Yeah. So let's pray. Dear God, we pray that uh, we may come to clear and clearer understandings of what Paul means in this chapter, that we will appreciate and be able to apply them to our lives. We thank you that you are a God who does not use coercion, that that only belongs to Satan's government. We thank you that you are a God of love and that what you want most of it from us is love and respect for other people. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.